We are going to share our scripture reading with you this morning. And if you have your Bibles, if you'll join with us, the first scripture is from John 12, verses 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come from the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it was written. Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given the miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now, if y'all will turn to Acts 7, I'm going to read 51 through 60. You stiff-necked people with circumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to the heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed him, dragging, dragging him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had, this, when he had said this, he fell asleep. Lord of the Word. Thank you, Greg and Jennifer. Uh, keep your Bibles uh, open, if you would, there to Acts chapter seven. Uh, tell you what we're going to do today. Uh, we're going to look at a message from God's Word. Then I'm actually going to ask y'all, and, and uh, I hope and pray uh, two people will respond because I'm going to ask two questions. Uh, is this all day it's about community? I would love to hear from y'all. We did this a few weeks ago. But the two questions are, one, what has following Jesus cost you? Like cost you. And the second question is, how has following Jesus rewarded you? So two simple questions. How has following Jesus cost you somehow? And how have you been rewarded by following Jesus? And that's, that's really the theme of this, uh, this message And it'll be fairly brief because after uh, you respond to that, we're going to take communion. And there should be instructions at your table so that the tables will take communion together. And then we will close and then we'll eat and have the kids 
look for eggs, find eggs. They're, they're really so hard to find, as you could tell, out there looking around. But, uh, and it'll be a good time of community. And please, I'm going to say this over and over again, please try to at least greet or meet somebody that you don't know. Because being about community, it's not about our cluster. It's about just reaching out over and over again. So, uh, the Word of God today was John 12, Palm Sunday. Jesus going into Jerusalem on a donkey. We're familiar, or many of us are familiar with that story. And then Acts 7, and this is the, uh, the brutal uh, stoning of Stephen, the first uh, martyr. And we're in this series that we have called Spirit-Filled. And it's very interesting to me, and uh, those of y'all who are following the series or following us through Acts, I would love for you, if you're in your Bible, to always underline wherever it says, full of the Spirit, or filled with the Spirit. And it's interesting, like... What they're doing when Luke, who wrote Acts, describes them as filled with the Spirit. Last Sunday, if you were following, and Brother uh, Davi Bowden uh, gave the word in Acts 6, uh, it's interesting, verse 3, it says, Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit. Okay? And you know what these men were supposed to do was to literally... Uh, serve tables. Uh, like we've got tables out here today in the feeding of widows. So they were just servant uh, leaders and they were full, filled with the Spirit. Today, in Acts 7, verse 55, it says, Stephen, full of the Spirit. And you know what he was doing? He was dying, he was, he was getting killed. And he was filled with the Spirit. So, I don't know about you, but the Lord's really convicted me in this, this series that being like filled with the Spirit, we, we think of it and it's like maybe celebratory or partying and, or just laying it out there, but being filled with the Spirit, Acts 6, it's, it's simple service of food, serving food to people, to people who need it. Acts 7, filled with the Spirit, is dying. Filled with the Spirit as you die. So I make the contention, and it's not my opinion, it's actually biblical. If you're a Christian, if you follow Christ, you're filled with the Spirit. And you're, like I said, it's not my opinion, that's, that's biblical. A couple verses I'd like to show you real quick. John 16, 7, I put up on the screen. Jesus says, and this was at the Last Supper, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth, it is for your benefit uh, that I go away. I've always been fascinated by that line. Um, you know, it's Jesus here, and he's saying, it's better that I leave. Because if I don't go away, the counselor, and that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Some translations of that verse have Jesus saying, I will send you another. And like the literal Greek of that is the same as Jesus, but another just in the same, in the same form of Jesus. And so he's sending us the Holy Spirit. Another verse, uh, Galatians 2.20. I actually really think it's one of my favorite verses, and I think this is, this is what Christianity is about, okay? Like the real deal uh, stuff. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Like real deal, when you're a Christian, it's, it's no longer you who live. It's Jesus that lives in you. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body... You're still in the body, I'm still in the body, but as Christians, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
That verse is saying, even though it doesn't mention the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is in us. So we are spirit-filled as Christians. And I would say this, if you are a Christian, so if you follow Christ, then you are spirit-filled. I mean, it is celebratory, it is part and all that, but it's also just plain and simple life. Uh, The Spirit is in you, day to day, week to week, job to job, relationship to relationship, child to child, anger to joy, bitterness to celebration, all of life. The Spirit is in us as a Christian, and that can never be taken away from you. And I actually think for me too, and this is my opinion, so many Christians, including myself, we really don't know that enough. We think spirit-filled, man, they're like, uh, I don't know, Paul or Peter or Stephen getting stoned or these partiers. They're just, no, everybody's got the spirit in them if we follow Christ, if we are Christian. But say this, if you're a Christian, if you follow Christ, follow me, then you're spirit-filled. There is also a cost and there's a reward. There is a cost, and there's also a reward. Uh, often we see one or the other. Put it like this. Some of us, like, you know, let's say, man, hardcore Christian. Man, we're driving. We're, like, wanting to follow, 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 obey, obey, obey. So sometimes we love to say, man, it's cost me everything. It's, I've given up life. I've given up career. I've given up having fun. I've given up partying to follow Jesus. And, and I would say this for, for them and for me. Well, what if... Do you know anything about grace? Like, like, do you know anything about joy? You know, yes, I know it's cost, but like, are you, are you, are you having like a good time with life? Are you enjoying? Are you, are you celebrating community? You smile often? Okay. And then the other side is like, some of us are like, man, it's reward, reward, reward. Like, man, I'm blessed by following Jesus. Man, thank God that grace was poured out on me. I know grace because, like, I can live or I have lived however I want to. And all you got to do is just believe, right, preacher? Yes, that is true. Any moment. That's just grace, man. It's just poured out. But I'd say to that person, including myself, well, do you know anything about a sacrifice or obeying or, like, giving anything up? Or is it just good, 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 good and just, man, I'll take all the blessings and receive and just grace and grace and grace. So my point here is there is this cost and there's also this reward following Jesus. There is both. And if you only have one or the other, I would say, are you really following him? Are you really following him? Okay. So let's, let's just look at what scripture says here. Because for Jesus, there was a big time cost. Let's go to Palm Sunday. I'm not even talking about the cross. I'm talking about Palm Sunday. First, like riding a donkey. Okay. You ever thought about that? Like, like who would ride, who would ride into the most, uh, I mean, the, the central, pivotal city and crowds and everybody, or who, what men or dudes, like, man, I'm going to take a donkey and ride in there. Anybody? I know you dudes. No, okay? I know me. No. You don't know donkey. I mean, stallion, maybe. I mean, for, think about it. It's a sacrifice of, like, how that looks. There's little Jesus, the Pharisees said. You know, pretty weak on this donkey, All right? Uh, the crowds that we uh, read about in John 12 or saw, they chanted Hosanna, pretty fickle, as crowds tend to be, as people tend to be. A couple days later, they were not shouting Hosanna. They were shouting what? Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. 
And then, of course, the Pharisees, who we pick back up in in Acts 7, uh, Acts 12, I mean, John 12, they're scheming in the back, maneuvering, making those plans. And they do have him, they have him killed. So for Jesus, and we're not even getting to the cross, we'll get there Friday. Uh, there's huge costs. And so if we follow him, if we as human beings choose to receive, decide to follow, which I hope, I wish every human being on earth would, there's going to be a cost. A couple of the verses, uh, Philippians 2, 7 through 8. It says, this is about Jesus. It said, instead he, Jesus, emptied himself. He took the role of a servant. He took the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So I don't know if you know this about Jesus, but uh, biblically, I believe me, he was, he was on the throne with God. He descended, not just to earth, but took the form of a human being, even to death. And then he told us, as he told the disciples, John 13, 16, that verse up there, Last Supper again, he says, Truly I tell you, a servant which that would be like me and you and us, so if we follow Jesus, we're his servants, is not greater than his master. A messenger, that would be me and you, us, is not greater than the one who sent him. So Jesus, I'll say, man, expect the cost. If you follow me, look at my life and what I've gone through, that being Jesus' life, there's going to be a cost. The cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus. For Stephen, the cost was to the extreme, death. Uh, I hope for me, none of us ever have to face such a cost. There are Christians today who face that cost. Um, I mean, we think Middle East, but uh, it's, uh, it's many other places, uh, the cost of their physical life. What about the cost for us? I want to I share three quick costs that you could have, I could have, Following Jesus, okay? Uh, one is where you go to church. Uh, I was told a story by a brother who, who goes to church here and this week, and it was really, quite frankly, I mean, it was really uh, a compliment to, to all of y'all, the body and, and this church and the work God's doing here. You know, he's like, you know, we, we attend here because, because of this thing called community that we're highlighting today, because of the authenticity uh, because, you know, I don't get the feeling of, and we all put on masks, and we all do. I mean, I, I do too, but there is more of a feeling of authenticity and not mask, and, you know, you can just come as yourself. This person does not have a background in church, let me just say that. And he, uh, but he was led here by the Lord. And he said, you know, you talk so much about, you know, going to church, and this happens uh, where you go to church for maybe a business deal, business connections, social connections, and this guy said, we actually get hurt going to this church because we lose social connections and we lose business connections. And I was like, amen, brother. Uh, and, you know, he still comes here and thankful for that. But just him saying, like, because we, because we go here and we could go these other places, you know, we're, that's a cost. I mean, that's a legitimate cost. And this brother identified that. And I've never heard him say that, but he verbalized. To him, and he's choosing, hey, Phil Lord is leading us here. Okay? So, where you go to church can be a cost. I mean, I don't want it to be here for you, but you know, it, it, 
I don't have any control over that. Uh, there's a cost of your profession. Let me tell you a story. I heard it this week. I actually heard it Sunday. I was thinking, praying for y'all. Not that y'all needed the prayers, but I was driving back listening to some messages. And I heard this message from a guy named Tim Keller in New York City. And so he told, it was a story about a cost of following Jesus. So he mentioned this girl who came to his church in New York. And he said, I don't know her name because he said, if I said her name, you would know her name. So she is a big media person on TV, but I don't know her name. But he said, if I said it, you'd recognize it. So she's on TV, so she's famous, celebrity in media. But he said, I didn't know if she was Christian, but I saw her a couple Sundays. He's in New York, start coming in and out of church. And finally, I got to meet her, and I said, well, why, you know, why are you coming here? And she said, I'll tell you why I'm coming here. She said, I made a, uh, these are her words, she said, I made, I made, a, big, uh, made a big boo-boo at work, okay? Like a big error, a big mistake. And... And unfortunately, a lot of media personalities are making some big mistakes these days. But anyway, this was a, a girl, and it wasn't, uh, it was not uh, something we might hear about, but it was something that she said, you know, she was fearful that it was going to cost her her job. So she built up this career, known media celebrity on TV, all that stuff. And I made a mistake, and I just, I knew I was going to get, I was going to get the axe. And so her boss, who had, who was not on TV, but, you know, like one of, the, one of the background guys, but who had bid with the media company, I don't know which one it was, he didn't say, uh, for many years and had built up a lot of credibility and a lot of leverage. Uh, so he went into uh, the boss or the CEO, uh, and he took the hit. Uh, he, he took the cost. He said, look, don't, you know, she's been great. She's done a great job. It's my fault. I directed her wrongly. It's, it's on me. And so this guy who had built up, he was older, and built up a ton of credibility, a ton of, of leverage, used that sacrificially for his employee. So he saved, she believed, her job and possibly her career. So she went in his office, and she's like, I, thank you, thank you, uh, for taking the hit, but like, you know, why, why'd you do this? Like, ah, oh, man, I just, I've always thought the world of you. I want you to, to rise up. I want to help you as best I can. He's like, no, I mean, really, why'd you do this? He's like, finally said, all right, look, I wasn't going to say this, but you just kept pressing. I'm a Christian, okay? And, you know, I, Christ calls us to, uh, to give and to be sacrificial and, you know, I want to, do this for you. And she's like, you know, I just could believe it. That's not the way the world works. I mean, usually, you know, your boss will take credit for not saying anything here. The boss takes credit for a good thing the employee does and something bad is like, man, it's on him or her. Okay? But here, it was the opposite. So he lost uh, a lot of credibility, sacrificed it for her. And it was a, a cost to him, to his reputation, to his profession, and he just said, I'm a Christian. I'm kind of called to do this. We're kind of called to make sacrifice. I don't know the details of it, but I think it's a great story. And then, then last, I mean, yeah, I mean, your reputation. I, I don't, I, I really don't like to, to share this stuff, but uh, felt led to. My son, 
if he's here, if he's going to play baseball. Anyway, he asked this week, he said, if you had one wish, Dad, one wish that God's like, you know, it'll be true, I'll give you a wish, what would it be? I was like, well, you know, I'm being honest. I said, well, I'd prefer Logan speak better. He's like, okay. And then I said, well, what about you, Jack? And he said, well, if I had one wish, like, I'd want to know if Jesus was really true, really real. We were, I was driving to baseball practice. It's like, deep thoughts, you know, by Jack Tate there. But because, uh, I mean, we read him stories. I mean, we, we do all the stuff you would consider a preacher's kid, you know, would have. But he's like, I just want to just want to know, man, is he real? Is it real? It's like, well, of course he's real. Well, but how do you know? It's like, well, I just, you know, I, I know, I believe. He's like, yeah, but past that. And then I said, well, you know, honestly, Jack, I had that same question not when I was his age, but I grew up and I had that same question. And, I, and I've talked to several of you brothers about this same thing. And I've talked to Chris Kellum about it, same thing. Um, I explored other religions. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, pre-pastor in college or, you know, you know I mean, I just knew what I was to do. I mean, I explored like everything, <laughs> you know. Explored everything religiously, explored everything uh, you know, hedonistically, um, any, and, uh, you know, ways of living, life, lifestyles. And it came to me that, like, this is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is. He is. And so when I made that choice, because uh, another brother who's a pastor, he said, if you believe that, I mean, why are you not dedicating your life to it? Not that everybody has to be a pastor, but I'm like, that makes some sense to me. I'm a rational guy. And so... After that, there were, you know, and I had worked in, like, secular profession, D.C., and then going to, trying to go to good schools. And when I made the commitment to, like, be a pastor, like, all in, uh, it, my, my reputation did to take a hit. Because a lot of my friends, coworkers, were, I'm not going to say they were non-Christian, but they definitely weren't like, you know, hey, you know, go be a pastor. So several folks, particularly we were in Boston, and I was dating my better half. But, I mean, a lot of them had this response, like, like is that all you're going to do with your life? Like, can you not do anything better with your life? Like, go be, I don't know, Mr. Big Shot or whatever like that. And so when there is a cost, there is a cost. Now, but it's not just a cost. And so I want to close, there's a reward. There is a reward following Jesus. And I want to highlight Stephen and the reward, you know, it's crazy if you just look at this, this passage. He's dying, and all the rewards poured out for your life, your life today, our life as a community. Uh, first, so Acts 7 says, you stiff-necked people. That's actually a reference going back, if you're reading through Exodus in our Bible plan. Stiff-necked referred to like a stiff-necked goat, a stiff-necked donkey. Like you literally could not put the rope around their neck, okay? Basically, they were unteachable untrainable, rebellious. So one of the rewards following Jesus is that you're very teachable. You're like, man, I want to I know. I want to learn. Somebody else does know more than me. Uh, a, a female teacher, a male teacher, a mentor, a pastor. And it is a blessing. That's a reward just having a teachable spirit, just wanting to grow in life. Another reward is that you're very open to the Holy Spirit. I said this, I believe if you're a Christian, you know, the Holy Spirit, your spirit filled, that can be serving, that can be dying, that can be celebrating, 
uh, that can be eating. So you're open to the Spirit's work. And this word, he said, you're resisting it. You're unteachable, untraining, untrainable, and you are just, you're not open to the Holy Spirit's work at all. So one of the big rewards, just oh, God can do anything. God can do everything at, at any time. Do you believe this? I mean, I do, and sometimes my mind's like, ah, really? I mean, I know how our human minds work, but he can. He can heal in a moment. He can heal physically in a moment. He can restore relationships in a moment or over time. Everything that we go through, no accidents in Christianity. Brother Terry Foreman said it best up here, opening us up. I mean, he was there in wherever South Texas, Mercedes, Texas, for a reason. It may just have been that lady. It may have been for him. Openness to the Holy Spirit. Peaceable. If you, if you remember nothing else from this message, remember this. Verse 54 through 56, the contrast between these Pharisees who the Bible says were gnashing their teeth. I don't think I've ever gnashed teeth. I don't know if that'd feel good, you know? <laughs> teeth gnashing. And Stephen, verse 55, so filled with the Holy Spirit, so peaceful. There's this contra- there should be a contrast, those of us who follow Jesus, from those who don't. And, and often, those who don't, it might like look better on the outside world. I mean, riding a donkey into the big city, not that good, even in that day and time. But a peaceable, peaceable, peaceful spirit that Stephen has, even, and he knew his face in death. And he was not an old guy. He was a young guy here. Uh, At best, you know, at most middle-aged. But he had this peace. And he finished well. He says, Lord, receive my spirit. Verse 59. He finished the race well. You know, I made this uh, commitment, uh, all you health nuts out there. My, the oldest person in my family that I know of, a great granddad, he lived in 97. I'm a goal setter. And uh, I was like, I'm going to set a goal. I want to outlive the oldest member that I know of my family. So I'm pushing for 98. I want to see 98. Now, that may mean I, I eat a little healthier, okay, and, and try to do some things. But really, I was like, I'd love to. But, you know, God could call me home tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I just, he knows best, you know. I'm shooting for 98, 99. But, uh, so, but this guy, Brother Stephen, he, regardless when it is, he finished well. And there's a peace, you know, even if the Lord, think about this, if the Lord calls us home tomorrow or this week or something, being like, man, it's God knows and it's his plan. And I or you've accomplished what he set forth for me to do. You know, on this, I don't think God's up there, you know, and somebody dies like, Dang it, you know, man, I just did not see that coming. I'm so sorry, God saying to this person who died. I just didn't see that car. I was trying, I was overworking in Asia on some stuff, and then now this. I'm really, man, I'm sorry, but you got heaven. That's not how it goes, okay? How it goes is no accidents in Christianity. That's a biblical worldview. So if you've done what God's set in motion for you to do, and you're a Christian, he's going to bring you home. It's going to be good. Finishes well. And then the last, and maybe, maybe this is the most important, he's so forgiving. Man, that last, you know, getting stone, rocking the, not a good way to go. Do not hold this sin against them. Stab in the back, we say, do not, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. There are such rewards following Jesus. There's cost to. I, I I believe the rewards greatly, greatly, greatly outweigh the cost. But there's a cost. You've got to 
So I just want to close today. I have these two questions. I'd love to hear from two people. Then we're going to have an invitation time for communion. But, 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 what is it? What has it cost you to follow Jesus? Have you been rewarded following Jesus? Anybody like to just share briefly? Let me add on that. Cost or reward? Sorry, since nobody wants to get it started, I'll go ahead and uh, say, as far as reward, over, over the years, I, you know, come up through medicine, I, I've been able to show that I'm a reasonably smart guy in my profession, but every once in a while, it's just not clear to me what to do for somebody. I remember this one lady about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I went home she was not doing well, and it wasn't clear to me why. Laid down in bed, tossed, turned for at least an hour, and then I finally decided there's only one thing to do, which is to pray about her, her health, and to give me wisdom as to what to do. And I mean, I went to sleep like in one second after that. And I woke up about six. It was clear to me what was wrong with that patient. And I went in and treated that lady with a Q-tip, and with one, within one hour, she had completely turned around and was completely back almost to health. Um, no matter how smart you think you are, how well you know what you're doing, every once in a while, and it doesn't matter what's going through your life, if it's horrible or having trouble, you, there's somewhere you have to turn, and oftentimes I can't turn to somebody else or just spend more and more time thinking about what I'm doing, at some point you just have to turn to Jesus and ask for that extra help in your life. And in this case, um, more importantly than me being rewarded, that patient was rewarded like immediately afterwards. And that wouldn't have come to me. I have 100% clear had I not prayed either the rest that night or her healing the next morning would not have come to me without that so that's a reward side you might want to share a cost i know sometimes the costs are harder what you've given up but buddy i'll move let's do kaylee sorry are you giving it to her i'll give it to her there you go um so when Hunter and I first, you know, took this job for him, um, I had to stay in Asheville. And um, for me, the cost was when I finally moved back here, which has been a year now, um, that was me leaving this beautiful place that I had called home, um, my family to come down here to a very unfamiliar place, to closer to his family and this church body that, you know, he'd really developed these relationships with. So the cost for me was moving just to a place that I didn't know and to people who called me family, but I wasn't necessarily ready to call them family because I had just left my own. Um, But more recently, I've seen the reward of these friendships and these relationships just within this church body and 
how really, like, how much of a community that, I mean, you see it here right now, you know, people really come together and they put their hearts out for you and um, really show a love through Jesus Christ, so. Hey, one more. Go oh, ahead. I can. I yeah, can go ahead. Now. You got it. Um, I, this, it seems to me it's like there was a, a cost as, as uh, when we were starting our family. And uh, it was difficult. Uh, but after it's all said and done, that was a great cost to us personally. But God turned it around and became a reward. Oh, Davis and Edward and Alexander and, of course, our newest little lady who Lori really needed to give her some, there needed to be some estrogen in the house, um, <laughs> just so she could survive uh, Victoria. And so that was a, it was a, a cost associated with that, but then the reward was so much, so much greater. And uh, so much greater. Yeah. Amen. Thank you all for all of them. Bill, Kaylee, Doc, thank you all for doing that. I think it's very powerful to hear from others in, in, the, in the family. So what we're going to do now, we're going to close. Uh, worship team, y'all come on up. They're going to open with just some music. Uh, there are instructions at your table. So as a body, as a family, uh, we want to take communion together, but this is uh, a different way we're doing it today. Uh, listen up. Try to listen to me. Try to listen. I know it's stretch time. Uh, here we go. So, first off, most importantly, most importantly, can I say that again? Most importantly, the Bible tells us, calls us to take communion the right way. Yes, thank you. Shh. So, the right way is never a, a rote thing in any church, uh, never like, well, I should do this because I followed Jesus. The right way is to reflect on our heart. Is there things, and there always are, that we need to repent of right now? Uh, Is the Spirit moving in your heart to take the next step in following Jesus? Then respond. Is the Spirit moving and just calling you to Christ? Then respond and receive. Uh, You know, we talk about baptisms. We believe in baptism. We promote baptism. I'd love to talk to you about baptism either next Sunday or any Sunday. It doesn't have to be on Easter. Do you have something against another person? Do some business with God in a moment. You know, get the heart right before, uh, before taking communion. Um, biblically, this is something that Christians, those who follow Jesus, do. So, do you follow Jesus? So, this is most important as you're thinking about communion, but as a community and the communities and the tables... Share with one another. This is the most important meal. I know we're kind of getting hungry, and and we made it, and the food's there, and we'll eat later. But this is the most important meal that we will all take together. So I'm going to pray. Also, uh, we do have an offering. The plates are up here. As members, those who call Bell with a Home, if you want to give, you can just come forward. You can also use these altars for a time of prayer. There's going to be music. Then we'll have a closing song, and then we'll get it on with the Easter egg hunt kids and lunch. Okay, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us in community and all the testimonies that are said and not said. Uh, Let us do our own business with our own hearts right now. 
and just thank you for the sacrifice, the cost that you have taken, Jesus, and uh, the reward uh, that you give when we, when we make that step, when we take that step to follow you. May we take it. In your name, Jesus. Amen.